Welcome to Guardy Lou, the podcast where we <laughs> pretend to haunt you for an hour. <laughs> I'm Lillian. And I'm Joyce. And today we are talking about hauntings, or ghosts, I guess, specifically, or haunted houses, or I don't know. I know you told me there's a difference between getting haunted as a person and haunted as a building. Well, what I, I mean, there's so many, because we don't know, I mean, what well, do we, I mean, yeah, people we're know making really. this stuff up, aren't we? We've been talking <laughs> about, I mean, people have been talking about ghosts and things like that forever, but, you know, there's so much information out there that contradicts it, and, and I realize a lot of my information has come from TV and movies, you know, ghosts do this <laughs> yeah, and right. that, you know, not people who have real you know what they think is a real have you ever known anyone that's had a real story or like a real haunted house or object or something i don't think so i mean i've i've known a lot of people who have have things that have happened in their life and they they think that's that it was a ghost, but... Yeah, my husband has a bunch of ghost stories, but then he thinks every place is haunted, so I'm a little skeptical. <laughs> well, you know, and it could be because if you have an older house, I mean, there's been, you know, someone may have died there. We don't well, I know. I mean, I'm sure, like, multiple people. Yeah, if it's a really old house. Right. And But, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like, and I remember um, my... Our, my sister, well, your daughter, she had a um, a friend that brought home, like, a chest or something that was haunted, and it was, like, up in their attic, and I remember this, like, big story about somebody coming to bless it or something to get rid of the spirit they thought was in it. Do you remember that at all? No. no? I don't oh. remember a lot of things. One day we'll have to have an episode where we have people come and tell us their stories. Yeah, I think that would be interesting. Yeah. So, anyway, what I found that a ghost is from a deceased human being who refuses to leave the realm of the living. But animals can also be ghosts. I mean, there have been people, you know, I don't want to say documented, but I guess it is documented if somebody writes it down, right? Stories. (laughs) Yeah, I guess so. It's been documented. (laughs) Not necessarily... True or false. And ghosts can be seen, are usually linked to, with a specific place, um, you know, like, you know, a house or, or a bridge or whatever where, where something has happened and uh, they refuse to die, I guess. And they have... A what? T- <laughs> wait, wait a minute. Like, they'd already be dead though, right? Like... What? <laughs> You can't really refuse to die. You're either dead or you're. I mean, well, they refuse to leave. Let's put like it that way. Move they move on to the next whatever. plane of existence. Yeah, okay. whatever it is. Well, some people believe that the the ghosts exist in another plane, or that's true. Um, and then that there's just a thin veil. I've right. heard of the veil, the veil, or yeah, um, membrane, or something that separates this world from that that world and that 
they still exist, that they exist. They don't see us. They may not know we're there. Okay, that's, that reminds me of that. What was that movie with Nicole Kidman? Yeah. Not, not to, well, maybe I shouldn't say too much. I don't, well, yeah. it's been out a long, it's a time. long time. I mean, if you haven't seen it yet, I don't remember just it, fast but, forward the yeah. next second. But yeah, well, because they basically live in the house. They're, they don't know they're dead, though. It was told from their perspective, yeah, right? It was and their then you found out that they were actually the ghosts, yeah. not the other people. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, and that they, they really saw. did want them out of their house because they thought there was something in their house. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was a really cool twist. It's an interesting take on it. Yeah. Um, And they they have a, like, a continuous level of energy that's not too strong. They say it takes a lot of energy for a ghost to to appear before us, for us to see them. Yeah. And that they're usually, that they can cause mental terror, but not physical. They really don't do any <laughs> physical just things. You feel like you're going crazy. Yeah, well, you're scared because you don't know what's going to happen. Right. I've also um, read an article that, that was saying that it's like an evolutionary, that the ghost is, a, is an evolutionary thing that helps us deal with whatever happens. Because usually they say ghosts will show up in a time of stress or, you know, something going on like... They kind of likened it to if you're walking down a street at night and you hear a noise, you react like, oh, no, is that someone that's going to chase me? Right. Well, you find out it's just, a, you know, something a wind blowing. Something. Yeah, yeah, and then you're okay, but your body reacts that way so that you're prepared to run. And, that, and also that people who say a ghost came to them or their relative came and helped them in a time of need, but it was really our brain's just processing. coming up with information yeah. to help us get out of that situation. Well, that, that's kind of interesting because I, I just remembered um, after Dad died, my I had this old computer and it would just turn on every night at the same time and it had all this weird code that would go down and then at the very end it would be like zero zero whatever and then Dad, and it was weird. Yeah. <laughs> And it happened like every night around the same time. And I ended up just unplugging it after a while because it, you know, woke me up every night. But I didn't really know what to make of that. Like I thought, well, it could be dad trying to communicate with me through electronics or it could just be that DAD is part of some code in the computer that's like maybe my computer had a virus or something was malfunctioning. And that's what came up every every night. I have no idea, but um, I don't know why I'm telling the story. There was a point <laughs> from what you said, but I don't remember what, where I'm going with it. But I, um, yeah, well, coming in in times oh, of stress. Oh, in times so. of stress. So like that, you know, would have I could have comforted me, I suppose, like because it would have felt like he was reaching out to me. But I guess because I was so skeptical, I'm not sure <laughs> that it really had that effect or not. And I didn't create it with my mind because other people saw it too. So I don't. And anyway, just a little tidbit there. Well, it, well, the electricity, anything to do with electricity, a ghost will use that. That's why lights go on and off because they draw from that energy. That makes sense because they're supposed to be like an energy field too, right? Yeah, some kind. Of some kind. Yeah. If I mean, this is all assuming they are definitely real and all of that, like, <laughs> which I think like 
maybe we're coming from that point of view. <laughs> well, <laughs> somewhat. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I definitely didn't always believe in ghosts, so I'm not, and I may not, like I was talking in the last podcast, like my beliefs sometimes are a little fluid. I may not again in the future, but like right now, I do believe in ghosts. Well, you've had a few experiences, actually, because remember when you said that psychic came to your, you went oh, to a psychic yeah, party? The, I went to a psychic party and I actually saw her twice because it was amazing because she was like, at the time I was having this weird anxiety about death and every day I would drive over this bridge to go home and every single time I'd go over the top of the bridge and I would think I'm going to die someday not like right now but like I and then I would have that like existential angst or kind of a panicky feeling about it and when I went to the psychic she said there's a man here <laughs> that's very impatient he's been here since last night and he just wants me to tell you to stop worrying that it's beautiful on the other side and then she said I think it's your grandpa so and like it always makes me want to cry because yeah. it was so like, <laughs> I guess because that was described my grandpa kind of, you know. Well, that's when you told me that story. That's the first thing I said. That's that's my dad. That's yeah, him. that's it's it felt he's very impatient. real. He wants yeah, to get this done. He's got better things to do. He said he, he, I remember that she said he has things to do. Yes, he was always doing <laughs> and, something. Um, <laughs> my boyfriend at the time that I was living with had said that he. Um, then he had been up a lot the night before cause he kept hearing footsteps and thought somebody was in our apartment and he kept getting up to check and she had said, he's been here. He was with you all night, like waiting for this moment. Um, and then there was like some other stuff that she told me that felt like actually happened and things. So I really, um, believed that, that she was the real deal. And so then, like, that experience made me think, well, then ghosts must be real, because how can I... Because I would tell my kids, ghosts aren't real, you don't have to be afraid, or, you know, whatever, at night when they would go to bed. But then it's like, well, if I believe that a spirit came <laughs> my grandpa and talked to this woman, then I must believe there's ghosts or something out there. Although that might be a little different than an actual ghost, too, because he may not be stuck here in you know, not have moved on already. He may have already moved on. I don't know how it all works, but, you know, it felt very real. And then also, this is so strange, because I, when I first started recording this, I'm like, well, I don't have any ghost stories. But when I was a little kid, we lived in um, in Virginia in those apart that apartment that had the tall, you went up all those stairs to the mm -hmm. second floor. Something came out of my closet every night and would rearranged my stuffed animals and pulled my blankets up and it came out of the closet and it was just like a black shadow and it it was pretty scary I would close my eyes the whole time and that happened like a lot for a while and then it stopped so and it could have could have been you coming in or something in the dark but I might always, pull the blankets up yeah, I wouldn't but mess it, with it your would toys. go to my <laughs> dresser because I had some stuffed animals up there and this is all I remember really and it would kind of straighten it in a line um but that was kind of creepy too also don't really know what to make of it it's just <laughs> one of those weird memories because i'm i keep trying to figure out like well it's probably my imagination or whatever but who knows maybe not 
I think it, it, it's children probably do see more because they're more open-minded. Yeah, I've read that before too. I mean, I don't know how you prove any of this because it's all just anecdotes really. Or, But it seems interesting. Like I've read stories about a dark figure that comes out of somebody's closet or, you know, into their room at night from... There's been like a lot of people that have had that experience that didn't know each other and talk in like, so I read this story about this girl in college that started talking about it and then her friends like that happened to me too. And then like another friend that they talked to heard them talking about it and said that that happened to me too. And they didn't grow up to near each other or anything like that. So just kind of a weird phenomenon, <laughs> unexplained phenomenon. Well, I know I have... I'm skeptical about ghost stories from people I don't know. Right. And Me I'm, too. Like, I think, oh, come on. Like, yeah. <laughs> but I believe I do believe in ghosts. And I don't believe that they're here to hurt us or anything. It's just somebody, you know, like Dad coming to you and saying, hey, it's beautiful on this side. Don't worry about it, basically. Yeah. I mean, it, and it was so relevant to what I was I mean, I was really having a hard time with that because it was like, it was just a weird habit where my brain would just go to that every time I went home. And have that like fear. Every day, yeah. Um, but it And it did help because I don't have that as much as I used to. I still have moments <laughs> where I have that, we're all going to die fear, but not like I was. Like, it, it helped me get unstuck from that. Oh, Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you rattling your paper we're trying so hard to figure out how to uh turn the pages on our notes without it making a ton of noise on the microphone and we still haven't figured it out so if you have any tips for us because we are so new at podcasting please tell us <laughs> yeah and i i really would like to keep doing this because it's fun. It's really fun. We're having a good time. We're, we we have fun. I don't know about you. What the I, to us, I was thinking about that too. Like even if nobody listens to this, like we have these funny recordings of us doing something together, and then you know, my kids will probably listen to it. You know, one day, and and it'll amuse them. And it's like a mini recording of your life like a little diary <laughs> almost things stuff to we're in, we were interested in at least they'll know they'll get to know us a little bit and some of these little stories that that's true from our, our lives but anyway okay. so. so and then there there's poltergeists which is a little different from a ghost um that's uh poltergeist is a as a german word it's combining two german words um the poltern, which is means crash or knock, something loud, and geist, which is spirit. So a noisy spirit. A noisy spirit. One that yeah. knocks things down. <laughs> and they say that it's associated with a living person, that they're drawing their energy from the person. So there's a there's a I don't, for lack of a better word, the poltergeist is a ghostly figure, but it, and it gets its energy from you who's standing in the room yes and then it makes something happen that way yes okay that it 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 draws more energy so it can move things um they're saying it's mostly 
adolescence, which in it, I, I've seen this in a few different places, mostly adolescent girls, which I immediately was like, up well, in that's arms. a little sexist. Yeah. Until you start hanging around with teenage girls <laughs> and then like true my daughter. And then you're like, well, maybe there's something to that. Well, they produce a lot of energy. They do. They use a lot of energy. Because um, it says it's um, driven by repressed anger or frustration. And they can cause physical and mental terror because of oh, the things yeah, that they can move. hit you with something. Though they're saying that most activity that's been recorded that they've talked, you know, studied is caused by somebody playing a joke. They said some of the ones they they they've interviewed people after the fact. So it's, they just admit. tried to trick someone to thinking there was a ghost. Yeah, there was a woman. This was a long time ago. I don't know when, 1700s or whatever. But she she would tie horse hair to objects. And then she could pull them. And nobody would see the hair, but it would jump off the shelf. Uh, she was a disgruntled servant. That's what it was. I just love this story. Like, I'm at, like you're at work. You don't like your job. Your employers are kind of jerks, so you're like, you know what? <laughs> I'm going to get some horse hair, <laughs> and I'm going to scare these mofos. <laughs> well, you could do it with ho- horse hair or a fine thread. I mean, I even thought, oh, I could do that. I could do well, it to yeah. Jim. Oh, my April gosh. Fool's Day. We could <laughs> really poor Jim. <laughs> I know. He'd be so terrified. <laughs> yeah, it wouldn't be nice because he'd take it really serious. Yeah, he would. He probably wouldn't even believe us when We'd we said it wasn't real. <laughs> Or they would tie um, metal weights like under their skirts because they had the long skirts and they could just bow their knees a little bit and it would come down and hit the floor and they'd have the knocking. Because oh. knocking is a lot of of the things that people poltergeists reported. do. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and then a lot of them have dip- been disproven by, they've, you know, they've proven that it was maybe an air current coming through the room that would knock things off the mantle mantelpiece or a shelf or something or it's just exaggerated by a witness who really believes in ghosts we we had a one day we were watching tv junie and i were sitting on the couch and a, a painting just fell off the wall yes and she was just like obsessed with why did it fall how did it fall and like coming up with all these theories about ghosts and different things. And like, she'll still bring it up once in a while. And, um, I didn't really know what to tell her. Just sometimes stuff just happens like that, but it's been kind of a fun thing for her to talk about. (laughs) Well, a lot of times they'll say it's like the earth shifting. It's like a mini earthquake. But then I saw this, uh, clip where, they did an experiment and they used a jackhammer or something to vibrate the walls, and it took a quite a bit of to really uh, knock something to really off. knock something off, and then it would just fall off. It wouldn't fly, fly off yeah. and go across the room. I think ours just kind of fell, like slid down the wall. But um, she, you know, she was really <laughs> interested in figuring out what caused it, and then she gets that like twinkly eye like i think it was a ghost you know yes <laughs> she yes. likes the scary well, she stories. wants to believe in you know, yeah she, she wants it. to be a little scared because yeah. it's fun it's to fun. be a little scared yeah. or it's they think it's a memory lapse like if you 
you know, you put something somewhere and you can't find it, but you swear you put it over on that shelf, but it ends up on another shelf. Oh, so my daily life. <laughs> yes, because I can say, well, you know, I, I, I after I find it, then I remember, oh, yeah, I was walking by and I set it down because I had to pick this up. Yeah, or I put, like, strange things in the refrigerator. You like your glasses or your, I don't know, one time the girls put their eye, their um, Kindle, one of them put the Kindle in the freezer. Really? I think they were probably like, I'm going to get a Popsicle, and then they just set the Kindle down. <laughs> and it worked fine after. I couldn't believe it. So there you go. Kindles are pretty tough. <laughs> I'm not getting paid by Amazon to say this. <laughs> they said maybe ventriloquism, like when people hear voices. I love that idea, too, that you're so good at it that you can make people think there's a ghost. And there are some that are really good at the ventriloquism. Oh, yeah. But- it's, I don't know. It would still be so creepy, even after you found out that it was fake. I think it would still be, like, scary. Yeah, I think anyone doing that. And then so, like, also finding out someone <laughs> did it to you on purpose is kind of scary. You know, and I just think it's it, it's hallucinations or just wishful thinking on, you know, p- people who are very, you know, really want to believe you know, they are, they're going to be scared of everything. Yeah, yeah, or just excited about it. Did you ever watch those um, ghost hunting shows where they're like, oh, the curtain moved, but then the windows just open, or like, you oh, know, you're yeah. kind of like, they're just so excited about the most mundane thing happening. Sometimes, yeah, they say, oh, did you hear that? And <laughs> like, they play it over like five times, and I still don't hear anything. <laughs> and so Judy and I were watching those ghosts, one of those ghost hunter shows like that, and and it was like every episode was just like, oh, they weren't really sure if it was a ghost or not. And she kept saying, well, when is there going to be a real haunting? <laughs> We'd watch like eight episodes. <laughs> because it, it, it's very, it, it's easy to disprove, but very hard to prove. Very hard to prove, yeah. And they have all these gadgets now and machines that measure stuff, but then, you're, you know, you don't really know what they're measuring exactly, so... No. But it is fun to watch. But we've had that experience, too, where they're like, look, there's the the shadow. And I've, like, rewound it and watched it over and over. Like, I don't see anything. What do they see? Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. So I, I found a few things, too, about what a ghost is. And, and I read that some people think ghosts can be um, attached to your home or an object or a person, which I think you kind of talked about with the... Um, poltergeist, like they're more attached to a person, right? Like yeah. they can. Poltergeist can will go with the person. Yeah, like in the movie Poltergeist, like didn't the evil whatever spirits end up going with the people? Because then pol- that's how they got poltergeist too, or something. Or did they have poltergeist too? I'm sure. Yeah, they, they did. Because I remember there was like something at the end of the movie when they go in the hotel and then it, like the TV comes on or something. Something. Yeah, yeah. something. Yeah, and then makes they put the think, TV out. I think he just put oh, the TV right. out. He put the TV out. Maybe, maybe I'm just remembering it wrong, but <laughs> um, yeah. So um, some people think it's they stay because they have unfinished business. So the ghost, you know, you talked about that, and then but there's also people who think it's just residual energy. So it's not really the person, but it's just part of their energy got trapped here and like keeps replaying itself. That could be like when you see it. They say a particular hall or yeah, they room, walk they, down they the just hall walk down the hall every day at the same time. And that's all they see. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you talked about the veil, which I 
always find really fascinating because I have some friends that practice Wicca and, and one of them talked about, you know, um, Halloween being the time when it's the, I guess because it's between the, it's right in the middle of the autumn equinox. So it's like the, the veil's the thinnest, but all through autumn, it's supposed to be thinner, but on that night or something, it's even thinner. So you can communicate with each other more, which I've always found kind of fascinating. Um, (laughs) I think about it a lot. Like around this, you know, like, well, maybe my ancestors will will try to communicate a message to me now that it's, like, thinner. But then also you're more tuned into, like, kind of, like, wanting to hear a message or get a sign or something. So you're looking for it, you know. So I don't know how realistic it is, but it's kind of, I think it's kind of cool. Um, is that is that because it's a transition between summer and winter, like well, for fall the, and spring? The pagans, um, for a lot of pagans and witches and stuff, it's it's their new year, so it's like the end. I think it's called Samhain, but it's like the end of the year, and then the new year begins, which I really resonate with, and it's probably just from going to public school. But fall always felt more like the beginning of a new year than January did (laughs) for me, and it still does. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. I I I would think for me, spring would be because that's the renewal. Things start growing in the fall. They start dying in winter. They kind of, yeah, I'm sure there's like um, some mythology or legends or something that ties all that together where you, there's some kind, you know, because there's the death and then there's the the rebirth so it's probably some god or goddess or somewhere that does something you know that makes marks this the end and then the beginning the beginning of the whole cycle starts again and i and i think it has a lot to do with agriculture like this is when you bring all your food in and preserve it and everything for the year Mm-hmm. so well, that makes sense too. yeah it kind of makes sense so how do you know if you have a haunted house um, I found a lot of articles about this. Some of them really surprised me where they were, um, like realty sites. They had a lot of articles on getting rid of ghosts <laughs> and, you know, if your house is haunted and you're trying to sell it, you know, stuff like that. Um, I guess I was surprised because it was taking, taken so seriously, you know, like the New York Times has articles on it, you know, about how to tell if your house is haunted it's like very seems very legitimized where you know I really thought it was kind of a more of a fringe belief I guess but it's not I guess it's not which you know I guess is good since I do believe in ghosts at least right now <laughs> well there is a lot of a lot about ghosts and in, in all our cultures yeah it's just part of it so if you have strange sounds like knocking footsteps thumping my favorite disembodied voices, which I guess would be the ventriloquist people. <laughs> Doors creaking open or anything that sounds out of the ordinary. Um, I have a quick story about that, too. When we first moved into our house, I think we were there a few months, but I kept in this one room, I would just hear knocking like inside the wall. It really sounded like inside the wall and I could not figure out what it was. And it was driving me crazy and it would come and go. And then... Um, one day I happened to go outside and look on the outside of the house and there was a woodpecker pecking (laughs) on the wall, but for like 
a couple months there, I was like convinced the house something you know something was going on in the house like it was haunted. <laughs> so, and they do tell you that if you think your house is haunted, spend as much time as you can figuring out if there's a real cause for the sounds yes. or whatever. Don't just move straight into you it's know <laughs> exorcism or whatever. Yeah. Um, and you talked about objects moving, phantom smells. If you catch a smell, like people will say they smell their mother's perfume or um, cigar smoke, maybe, if, you know, someone they knew smoked cigars or whatever. And that could be a sign. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we were talking about that earlier. Because I do have a lot of that here in this little house here yeah like you've smelled weird things oh, I but you don't know if it's neurological yes or if it's, yes yeah because it's so weird well it did happen while i was at work too with uh smelling the exhaust i smell exhaust fumes a lot of the times for some reason yeah and no one else smells it and i also smell um i'll smell a sweet flowery scent every once in a while and I can't figure out where that comes from because I don't use I don't use perfumes I don't like scented cleaners and I, I don't like a lot of scented I don't like scented candles or perfumes or anything I have a lot of allergies to them but this is a nice it smells like flowers but I smell it but like real flowers like real flowers yeah. fresh sweet but i and i can i've gone outside and looked is there something blooming is there something that smells nice yeah that's coming in the window yeah or, yeah and you can't figure out what it can't is can't figure <laughs> out what it is and then there's i do smell cigarette smoke in my bedroom um and you don't smoke so no i don't smoke and i don't smell it all the time and yeah, i so try to is it i i'm sure the people that were here before smoked I've also heard some weird noises, and when I think about it, in this house, little, you know, you, you how older houses creak and everything, but things just like they get not sound like they're being knocked over, and they're not. There's nothing. I've there. had that happen at our house too. Like we'll hear something loud, like a crash, and then nothing's knocked over. We can't figure out what it is. Like what was that? Yeah. So weird. We had that happen. Junie and I were here, and the, then the trash can just knocked over. Yeah, just that's weird, over. too. And, of course, I was thinking it was from Shadow, my dog, that oh, yeah. he had died not too long before that. And I thought, oh, because he would knock things over with his he tail. Would, he kept getting into the trash before he died, too. Yes. I remember that, yes. and it was really annoying. Yes. <laughs> so He's gotten, like, senile or something, doing stuff he wasn't supposed to do, that he'd stop, you know, since he was a puppy yeah. and started up again. But then nothing, you know, it it, it didn't happen again. But it was weird. We, <laughs> Judy and I, were just looking at each other like, "What, what was, was that?" that? <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I I started looking up hauntings, and I have had a well, few. I haven't finished yet. Oh, oh, I'm sorry, sorry. <laughs> How dare you? No, <laughs> I just have a few more things. These are really odd. Well, some of them. So ectoplasm is one of the things people say they find when they have a ghost, which. I don't know what that means, really. Like, because all I think of is Ghostbusters ectoplasm. Slime. Yeah, like green slime. I don't know if it's green or what, but I mean, that would be really disturbing, I think, to find slime in your house. <laughs> like coming down the walls or 
where? Like, where do they find it? I don't know. Kind of strange. And then, of course, you're probably hearing the dog sneezing in the background. <laughs> I think she's having some allergies today. Um, they sit, talked about feeling watched or touched or your pets behaving strangely. We had a cat that would um, named Ophelia that would just stare up into corners and meow like she was looking at something specific and meowing at it and there was nothing there. We always found that a little creepy. Cats always do that, though. Every cat I've had has stared at something that I don't see. <laughs> yeah, it's like, what are they looking at? I have no idea. And then um, a flash of light that will appear at the same time and place, like, repeatedly. I guess that's, like, another sign. I don't know if my dog's ever going to stop sneezing. <laughs> that's Lucy. <laughs> Um, and then too, like, I think we talked about this already, turning lights coming on, TVs, electronic devices turning on and off. Um, and then there's, it's <laughs> a lot of sneezing. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I need to give her some allergy medicine. I think she might need it. Um, so yeah, any kind of, uh, that's like any of that kind of stuff is a sign that they're trying to use the energy in your house to communicate with you. That's why there's cold spots. Yeah, because the cold spots was one too. Yeah. I'm gonna skip that one. Yeah. How do they? What is? How do they make it cold? Well, it's drawing the energy of the, uh, the heat oh, out. Okay, that makes sense now. That so makes sense. my article said. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> it didn't mention ectoplasm. A lot of the article articles and stuff kind of had the same stu- same things in them, but then you'd find one that was slightly different or had a kind of different take on what it meant. Yeah. Yeah. So. Because. Who knows? We don't. Yeah, we're all interpreting <laughs> things. Okay, so you have. You know, I was, I was oh. thinking about that with the poltergeist, how they do can move things, and I'd read or heard somewhere that someone had a poltergeist in their house that did their dishes. <laughs> I'm so I know I've read that too, where they do fold their laundry. It's like I want one of those. I Come to my house. Too. <laughs> I would just be happy to have that. That would be awesome. It, didn't you? Um, didn't Izzy used to call them pukas? Oh, he said it. Yeah, he said it was a puka. I think that's from Ireland. Maybe have pukas. Oh, okay. With the fairies, I can't. I didn't look it up because I did think about that, but I didn't get to. I that always one. thought maybe it was like a Mexican or it Spanish could kind of thing, but it could be from Ireland. Yeah. Ireland does have a lot of, you know, that kind of stuff. Every time he misplaced something, he always said it was the puka. I know. Well, and it's kind of nice to have somebody else to blame. Especially the eyeglass one. Yeah. Oh, it's on my head. No. Puka did it. Puka did it. Okay. So anyway, I um, I started looking up up different hauntings and things and. As you know, I have a tendency to get sidetracked down one way or another. Well, it's really easy to do. <laughs> and I thought about, I had heard about um, Catherine Howard. I'd heard this before. Okay, so who is Catherine Howard she for people was, who don't know? Uh Henry VIII's third, fifth wife. Well, it's hard to keep track when you have that many wives. Yeah, I, I think she... <laughs> well, it's Catherine and... Jane, fifth wife. It was his fifth wife. He he had decided that he wanted to get a divorce, or he didn't not a divorce. He didn't want a divorce, so he he was done with her because 
he was always looking for a queen that was going to give him a son. Right, that's right. And I didn't realize how young she was. She was only 17, and he was like 49, 50. Gross. Plus, he was very overweight, very sick, and he had all those ulcers and gout and everything. He had ulcers on his legs. He probably drank a lot and ate all the stuff that's not good for you. Yeah, he had gout. That's what happens when you're rich. (laughs) He also had an accident when he was younger where... and it never really quite healed. He, his leg was injured, and it never quite healed right. And so, so he had some health issues for sure. Yeah, so he's probably always grumpy. But yeah. he had this seventeen-year-old wife, and and what they did is they they had some trumped up charges. I mean, she was she was only seventeen. I mean, that's yeah, when like, they what they could married. She have really done so badly. Yeah, and I think they were married maybe a year and. And he had sexual problems, and he blamed them all on her. And then she, they accused her of, and I, I think she did, she eventually did have an affair with, with someone. Yeah. I mean, well, just, I don't know much except for watching, you know, TV shows and movies about it, but. They all seem to be having affairs <laughs> yeah, they with did, everybody. So they did back then, just like they do now. It's, yeah, it, it was we're no still different. human. Yeah, people are, are the same. But anyway, when they come to a came to arrest her, she broke away from the guards and ran down this hall, screaming for Henry. Did she wanted to talk to him? To you know, don't yeah, like, let them take me. What's going on here? And he was in a chapel at the end of the hall, and she went screaming, you know, running down there, and they grabbed her, and she screamed, and they dragged her back. Oh, so traumatic. For this interrogation. Well, anyway, of course, they found her guilty, and she was beheaded, but they have, people have seen her ghost running down the hall. Uh-huh. They've yeah. heard screams. Uh-huh. They've had tourists that go through there that... They've seen it, too. They, or, yeah, or and they it. fainted. There, there are some that, that that come in, and they all seem to faint in the same spot. Wow, that's so weird. So it's probably when they started to drag her back, and she knew there was no hope. She wasn't going to be able to, yeah, to she, talk to him. He just end. ignored her. He didn't. It's didn't so come sad because they couldn't get divorced because of the religious of the part. Re- so it was better to kill her. So yeah, awful. They couldn't come up with any trumped up reason to to divorce her. And she was 17. I can't even imagine that. I know. She's just a kid. So, anyway, I think... So, of course, I went down there. I've always been interested in in the Tudors. Yeah. And the English royalty. And Henry VIII, in particular, because of his... his you know, just just the way he was... Anne Boleyn is probably the most famous one. Yeah, that's probably the one I know the most about just because I watched the Tudors TV show or whatever it was on whatever whatever station it's on. I don't even know what I'm saying. (laughs) Streaming service, I guess. Well, the first, the first, I'll start with the first wife. (laughs) Yeah. She has hauntings. And she was married to Henry VIII's brother. And they were very young and then... he died, and so Henry married her, and they have had sightings of her when she was young in the castle of where they were together when they were first married. And he married her, saying they said at that point that her marriage wasn't consummated, so that's why he could marry her, because 
back then you couldn't, you know, you weren't supposed to marry your, your sister. And your used goods. Yeah. All that. Well. Oh, the wife. Yeah, but that, this was, the, they were saying it was their sister because it was a sister-in-law. But then oh, they said God. they weren't consummated, so they weren't really married. So he could do it, but then he decided Oops. he didn't, he didn't, because it was, can we go start over? <laughs> Okay. okay, I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to bore everybody with too much history. But he he took set her aside basically, and she's haunting this house house where they her first husband they were together. Also, as an older person, she was haunting the castle where uh, they lived because he he put her aside. Yeah, he he didn't kill her. Wasn't she like the only one that didn't get? No, yeah. there were there were a few others that lived. That, that lived, yeah. <laughs> okay, good. Well, he actually only killed two. Oh, okay. So I'm just like, for me, that it's just one of those everybody gets he kills them all in my mind, but I don't remember all the details. I'm you know I don't read it as about it as much as you. Do. Oh, it fascinates me. I've yeah. read so much about it. So then he took he wanted to marry Anne because he just wanted her. Oh, she was hot, <laughs> hot girl. She was hot girl. Yeah. yeah. And he got tired of her, as he did, and she didn't produce a, a son, so he had her beheaded. He accused her of having an affair with five different men. Oh, One boy. of them was her brother. Oh, brother. So accused her of incest, <laughs> yeah. yes. And so she was beheaded. And on the anniversary of her death, at her home where she grew up, which was Lakeland Hall, a, hor- a, a carriage comes driven by six horseless her- horse- headless horses. Ooh, God, so that's six disturbing. headless horses. Six the coachman doesn't have a head either. Ooh. And they say that is her father because he betrayed her. Oh. Know, because the women were just used as pawns yeah, just, for power yeah, struggle. Yeah, they just sold them for power. Yeah. So anyway, she pulls up to the house in a carriage and she gets out. Well, she's riding in the carriage. She's dressed in black and she has her head in her lap. Oh, wow. And then I guess so she, she gets out, she carries her head and then she walks the halls of this house all night on the anniversary of her death. And this happens every year? Every supposedly? year. So okay. they say, yeah. Uh, there wasn't a whole lot of documentation on that one, so I don't know. I don't know how. I'd still be a little scared to spend the night there on that night. <laughs> and then on Christmas morning, she supposedly crosses the bridge that's that leads up to the house to go to the house. They don't say anything about her being in the house. You just see her across the bridge. Yes. Hmm. But that's every Christmas. They also see her there under a tree where Henry had quartered her. Like sitting under a tree? Sitting under the tree. Does she have her head? <laughs> the, the, the tree, yes. Yeah, she still has She has her head <laughs> oh, there. Good. And that, that's, that tree's about 500 years old, they say, and, and they still see her underneath there. She's uh, in Hampton Court. They see her walking the, the hallways wearing a blue dress. They also see her at Windsor Castle where she's... They see her through a window arguing with Henry, having an oh, argument. Wow. They see him, too. They also said that the Queen, Queen Elizabeth, the, the one, one that, that just passed, passed away. away, that she's seen her oh, in wow. the castle. Oh, wow. She's seen her, too. Yeah. 
For some reason, that seems credible to me. I don't know why. <laughs> I'm like, oh, she seems true. like a no nonsense per- right, person. Yeah, like from what I've read about her and stuff. But living in a place like that with that much history. Oh yeah. You know. In 1817, the tower, the warden of the Tower of London, mm-hmm. one of the yeomans that was a warden there. He had a fatal heart attack after encountering Anne on a stairway. Oh, wow. It scared him so much he had a heart attack, and he told, before he died, he told... He said this is what, what happened. happened. Oh, wow. Poor In guy. In 1864, a yeoman saw... What is a yeoman exactly? Do you know? I think it's those guys that are dressed up in the red that guard the castle. Okay, yeah. They're like guards or... Yeah, you know, they stand at the doorway. Yeah. I think that is. I didn't look it up, but um, he saw. Well, he it was at night, and he saw a, a woman dressed up in a Tudor out dress. But when he she came towards him, she didn't have a face. Oh! And he he fainted, and I'd then faint too. <laughs> Oh well, what he tried to do, he said he, he he was so scared he he tried to stab her with his his um rifle that has a oh the his gun that has yeah, one of, um, sword thing on the end yeah a bayonet bayonet yeah. yeah and it went through her but it, he got a like electrical Ooh. current running through his arm and he fainted oh my god they, they came upon him and they woke him up and he was going to be court martialed because. He wasn't, fall asleep he on wasn't the job. doing his job. <laughs> yeah, of course, he fell asleep I guess on his he job. could have made that story up to save his butt. Well, they they it, he didn't get court martialed. It didn't go through oh. because the other guard said, "Well, you know, I've seen this too." Yeah, I just didn't try to stab it, get electrocuted. <laughs> and then one night, one of the yeomans he saw a light in the chapel in which that, that she was buried, and it's locked. He saw a light flickering in there, and so he went and got a ladder, and he climbed the ladder, and he saw a procession of knights and ladies walking, and there was one in the front, and they had candles, and, oh, and wow. he saw, he, he said it, it, it looked like her. Yeah. You know, he said it, he couldn't really see her face really good, but the dress, he seen pictures, like paintings dress. of her with the dress and her figure Ooh, and everything. Wow. And uh, he said they walked around inside of the chapel Weird. quite a few times, and then they just disappeared. Wow. I really want that to be true. <laughs> then there was the Jane Seymour, which was the wife that came after her, and she's the only one that gave him a son. You know, um, Anne Boleyn had... Queen Elizabeth the Oh, that's right. I was going to say, which one had Queen Elizabeth? Any one yeah, of them did. Yeah, that was Anne Boleyn. And Catherine of Aragon was the one that had um, Mary. Okay, who Bloody they called Mary. Bloody yeah. Mary, yeah. But so Jane Seymour, she she died soon after childbirth. And they say that they see her coming out of the the room that she died in, which was a birthing room. Yeah. And she died in and they saw her coming out come out and with a candle and go into the room where they would have kept the baby or you know the nursery where the baby oh, was wow. so they see that that's sad <clears throat> and of course poor Catherine Howard going down the chapel <laughs> I mean the the hall they call yeah. it the haunted gallery it's a corridor right you know screaming so sad 
Yeah, and they said they, you know, she's pleading for mercy. Yeah. It is sad. And she didn't even do anything, probably. No, she's a 17-year-old kid. Yeah, so awful. So then in Windsor Castle, they often hear heavy footsteps and moans and groans, like somebody walking, and Mm -hmm. they attribute that to Henry because he had the leg that was really sore. And he was heavy, so he'd have loud footsteps. And they said that in... They started seeing, you know, the the people that worked there. One of the exits, the door, kept flinging open. At the same time every day, it would just that's, fling open. That's so weird, yeah. And then in two thousand and three, they had set up cameras, and they saw, um, and I saw the footage of it. Of it looks like someone dressed in like the the old fashioned. Tudor outfits, a, yeah. a male. They they think it's Henry that opening the why he would fling open the door at the same time every day. I don't know. I guess it could be one of those residual residual energy fields where they're just stuck in this in that, loop or that whatever. Loop, yeah. And you see, I see it on the film. You, you can't really, you can't really tell. Just like you know, any film that they have now i don't know how they where did you see the film was it on youtube on youtube oh we should put put the link in the show notes so people can watch it okay i can look that up and yeah we'll add that because i'd like to see it too i haven't seen it yeah you can see it i don't think it looks like henry like it would because his face was was he was big man yeah right you know and but you really can't tell it's but i mean any doing it is weird <laughs> i mean the, like whoever it is the door it. being flung open yeah like it's that. just strange because it's one of those doors a new door with one yeah, of those like bars those in the front emergency you have to push exit. Yeah. yeah so the outside you can't get in but yeah you can only get out if there's a fire kind of thing yeah that's the kind of door it is and it's just you see it pop open I wonder if it sets an alarm off every time too <laughs> it might must be really frustrating yeah, but it did it at the same time every day, and that could be that electrical thing. Yeah, there yeah. could be something with that. Then there's his, uh, let's see, that was, would have been his sixth wife, sixth, yeah, his sixth wife, Catherine Parr. There was another wife in there, but there, there's nothing about her being a ghost, but hmm. that's the one set aside which has oh, nothing to do with this she just had a boring death so <laughs> oh yeah and i've learned a little bit more about her too in this looking at this i thought it was interesting but that's a different story <laughs> but anyway Catherine parr she she died she remarried after henry died she remarried and she died right after childbirth too and she was 37 i think 36 or 37 her first pregnancy Oh, and she yeah. she died and complications probably yeah yeah and they say they seen her walking around Sudley Castle which was the castle that they were in and she's wearing a green Tudor gown and she looks she's looking around like she's looking for something they think she's looking for her child that that she lost that she had uh-huh. I don't know if that child if it survived or not I never heard yeah because if it lived that. she could be looking. For Looking it. for it. Sybil Penn, who was the wet nurse to um, Henry's children. For all of them? Or pretty much all for, of them? For, well, I don't know about Mary, 
but for Edward, the son, and, and Queen and Elizabeth, they, she was their wet nurse. And then Elizabeth caught uh, smallpox, and she nursed her through the through her illness. Oh wow! But then she caught it and she died. Oh, that's sad. I was just gonna say she didn't get it, <laughs> but. And then in 1829, they moved her tomb. They disturbed her tomb I, I think they moved it yeah and after that they started seeing her walking around and they call her the gray lady and they could they have a picture of of it too where you can see a shadow that looks like someone's in that their outfits at that time but they could hear a, a spinning wheel at night they could hear a spinning wheel and Finally, they found a, a hidden room, one that had been blocked off, and there was an old broken spinning wheel in there. Oh, weird. So mm, that kind of, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then Lady Jane Grey, she was the cousin of Elizabeth and Edward, the kids, and because of the... They're split in their religions. You know, you had Catholics and, and then the Protestants. And Edward, he was just, you know, he was young, but and he died young. He died when he was 15, and he wasn't king for too long, I think five or six years. So he became a king when he was really young. But he wanted her to succeed him. He didn't want Mary to succeed him because of the religion. She was a stout Catholic. Right. So... She was only 17, and then, so they put her on the throne, and she was only on there for, I think, two weeks or something like that, and then they, Mary raised an army, and then she became queen, and she took over, so they executed Lady Jane Grey. Wow. And her husband, and, and so then, that's why she's called Bloody Mary? She's part of it. Yeah. Well, she didn't, they said she didn't really want to execute her. She changed her mind when she found out, you know, she found out it wasn't her that was trying to be a queen. It was her parents and her yeah. uncle, you Just know, their relatives. Yeah. And so they say that they've seen her walking the battlements um, at night, that oh, she's wow. walking around. Because they put them in the, they put them in the, the Tower of London and, and stuff, but. They always do a stint in there before they die. And then her husband, they executed him also, and they have seen him in his room in his cell. He had carved out on the wall Jane in the stone, and oh, wow. they see him sitting there crying at night. Because oh. he wow. was probably pretty young, too. I'm sure. And they also, and then Elizabeth... When she, well, Mary became queen and then she did all her things. She executed like, you know, 250 people for being um, heretics, basically. And she also, one of the, the people that was executed was Margaret Pohl. And when she, because she did not want to change her religion, you know, oh, she didn't okay, believe yeah. in Catholicism, and right. so they executed her. But she, when she went to go, you know, they took her up on the scaffold, and she refused. She said, "I'm not a, 
you know, I'm not a trader, I'm not a heretic, I don't deserve this. I will not kneel down and get my head chopped off. Oh, and, boy. <laughs> but they chased her around the oh, scaffold. Gosh. And the executioner started oh. just swinging at her oh, with the axe. That's so awful. And they now they hear her screams. Oh, gosh. They said people have witnessed the actual her running around and him so chasing disturbing, her. So disturbing, all the, the horrible things that people have to go through. Yes. She makes me feel really lucky. I haven't had to do anything like that in my lifetime. Knock on wood. Yes. <laughs> And then there was Elizabeth wanders around Win- Windsor Castle. And it might be, I don't know if it was, it, it might not have been Anne that Queen Elizabeth the second saw. It might have been Elizabeth the first because they say that she is, she shows up in the castle when they're, the country's in turmoil, when they're having, you know, probably th- threats of war or something yeah, like that. Yeah, something where they need to and that, solve a problem. That yeah. may be when... Uh, Queen Elizabeth saw her. I don't know, but yeah, they said she, she likes to hang out in the library. <laughs> oh, ghost after my own heart. <laughs> yeah. But then, and then there's there's some other ones too. I didn't talk about the um, before Henry VIII kind of got in there, but there were a few that were related to him and his ancestors that were killed and are haunted, haunt. haunt the Tower of London or. But anyway, I'm that's sure it's like endless. I mean, there's got to be so many different hauntings going on. Yeah. Well, in a castle like that, there's people that that die all the time and right. get killed. Have grudges or unsolved business or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or they're in that magnetic loop you were talking yeah, about. Yeah, where they can't. Cuz a lot of them aren't doing, trapped. you know, they were just workers there or something. They didn't have yeah. the tragedy that these people did. Well, their lives, whole lives <laughs> might have been a bit of a tra- tragedy, too. Yes. <laughs> I'm yes. sure it was a hard life. Yes, I think so. But that's it for me. Okay. What do you have? Any hauntings? Yeah, so um, the first haunting that I looked into was one that I'd heard about on another po- a true pri- crime podcast, and it really s- stuck with me because it was pretty disturbing. <laughs> and um, so... Um, this is about Emmanuel David. He was a a man that was in the Mormon Church, and I and I think something happened where he thought he was going to become like the head of the church or something, and he wasn't chosen, and so he decided to kind of start his own own group, and it kind of became like a mini cult. I say that because I think he only had thirteen followers or something like that, but um. He and his family decided that, you know, he he was the Messiah or Jesus or whatever, and he referred to himself as such, that he was, you know, that important, <laughs> right? So um, that was his excuse for taking over, trying to yeah, take, trying to, to start you know, I'm new... sure he had he had some kind of revelation or dream or you know they all do that where God told him he was you know basically the chosen one that was gonna you know, save the world kind of thing. And he had his own little prophecies about, I think one was something to do with California um, falling off off into the ocean or something and Utah burning to the ground, you know, that kind of stuff. Oh, I've, I saw something about him. Yeah, you probably did. Cause he yeah. had, there's a good ghost story that goes along with the whole tragedy. But he, um, 
he basically defrauded a lot of people and he had so he had these 13 followers and they they were doing a lot of um stuff like when when one of them told was in the choir for the mormon choir i don't know if it was the tabernacle choir but it might have been but she made up some story about this little girl that was sick or something and needed donations and got all this money donated from people in the choir who felt really bad for the girl and then she gave the money to him you know stuff like that that happened and um attracted the FBI so the FBI kind of started looking into him but meanwhile um he was married to this woman who believed everything he said they had seven kids they homeschooled them and they were very uh segregated from everybody the kids weren't allowed to talk to people without their dad's permission like outside the family you know that kind of stuff but they lived in a in this hotel um called the International Dunes Hotel in Salt Lake City and I think International Dunes. Dunes. Oh. D- Dunes. <laughs> no, dude. <laughs> Although, I, I mean, with all the cowboy stuff and ranches <laughs> and things, it could have been. But International Dunes Hotel. And it's gone through several names, like the Shiloh Inn. And now I think it's, um, what is it? it? It's like a more mainstream hotel. Oh, I'll figure it out when I get to it. But he... Um, it was really expensive. It was like $90 a day to stay there. And he had no job like that anybody could see. And he had um, seven kids and a wife. And they were all living in this hotel on the 11th floor. And he had no money, really, like no source of income, but he had all this money. So he would take the kids out to these fancy restaurants or he would bring food home from fancy restaurants. And they estimated that his daily expenditures had to have been around $300 a day and they people just couldn't figure out how he was paying for it but he had these 13 followers who like sold their homes to give him money and did like all these illegal things so eventually the FBI got involved and he started getting looked into and he ended up committing suicide so he borrowed his friend's truck and drove up a mountain or something into the somewhere you know and and killed himself and they found the body and some hikers found him or something in the so his the police went and told the wife at the hotel that he had died and I guess she went into kind of a panic because she didn't know how she was gonna support everybody and everything at least according to some people um other people think that they had a plan, like a pact that once he died, then the whole family had to die. Um, because what happened next is really horrific. She, um, the next day, so the night before she was asking these, the hotel manager and stuff for help and like trying to figure out how she was going to do all this. But then the next day she, um, lined up her kids and basically had them jump off 11 off the balcony on the 11th floor to their death there was concrete below um and people that were there said that they were they were down on the ground and they looked up and they saw that there were these little kids because they ranged in age from like pretty young they were so young she had to help them get up onto these chairs to get over the balcony railing um you know and then to older kids and the youngest were either pushed off you know, some people say, some people claim that they jumped, um, 
on their own. Like they, they wanted to go with their dad and they all had to die and the end of the world was coming kind of stuff. And others day the mom pushed them, pushed the kids off. So I'm not really super sure which way it went, but the, she pushed them off one at a time. Um, and they hit the cement. Some of them hit like the, they had those awnings Mm -hmm. and then bounced. Most of them died instantly, but a couple of them, um, died at the hospital. And the oldest daughter was the last one. And, um, so the people at the bottom were like screaming, like, stop doing this, stop doing this. And, um, the oldest one apparently didn't really want to go. And she was holding on And the, they said the mom had, they watched the mom like pry her fingers off and then she fell. Although I don't know how they could see that from like 11 stories up really, but yeah. Maybe she was hanging there for a while. But they did say afterwards, like when they examined her body, that she had bruising on her palms, which was made sense because she was holding on so hard to the railing. Um, and then the mom got up on the railing and was sitting there. And at that time, the people at the bottom were so disgusted, they were screaming, jump, bitch, jump. Like they were like, this lady needs to go too. And then she did and she died. One, The oldest daughter ended up living. Her name was Rachel. But she had severe like mental um, disabilities from the fall because she, you know, you land on cement, everything was broken and stuff, and she so she had brain some brain damage, so she's had to live in like a nursing home the rest of her life. But apparently, she still thinks that her dad's, um, you know, basically Jesus and incarnate kind of thing, and I think that he's going to return to get her or something. So she's still. She's still there, alive, I think, today. And um, this happened in 1978. So um, fast forward (laughs) all these years or whatever, and over time, people have had sightings of the kids, like, in the hotel. Before I get to the ghost story, actually, there was one little tidbit of information that I found really disturbing. Um... When the police went into the room to investigate or whatever, they found that um, there was $65 in the mom's purse and there was like no note or anything. But the children um, had put all their shoes lined up neatly in plastic bags before they jumped. So they didn't wear shoes when they jumped. I just thought that was really weird. that They lined them up, lined up their shoes in plastic bags. wonder what that meant. Yeah, that's what I kind of... I think, like, for from reading the story, I kind of side with the that it was a plan for, like, the dad told them they had to kill themselves or something. Because it seems odd that just some of the stuff that, like, that, that was a weird ritual kind of thing to put line up that your shoes in a bag. And, going to heaven without their shoes or? Yeah, or something. I don't know. It's just kind of a weird um, little bit of information. Um, so... So fast forward and then to the ghost. So people say that when they go into the check into the eleventh floor, um, they call it like a ghostly playground because they hear children playing, laughing, running down the halls, and knocking on um, different guest doors. So like people hear someone knock on their door and then there's nobody there. Um, the um, they also find like a they'll find kids wet footprints bound by the pool and um 
like when nobody's been in the pool, they'll just be like wet footprints. And sometimes people will say they hear splashing and laughing and stuff in the pool, but there's nobody in the pool. Um, and then there was like some interesting rumors that I could not pin down anywhere to find out if they were true, but I've read in several different like blogs or, and I watched or listened to some other podcasts where they talked about it. But the musician Danny Elfman apparently stays on the 11th floor a lot there. And I think he might be like um, into hauntings because I I went to his website and there was like another story about him and some other musicians or friends or something staying in another haunted hotel to see if they could, if anything would happen. So it might just be something that he's interested in. But anyway, he, he wrote... Um, he wrote the music for Nightmare Before Christmas, apparently while he was staying in that hotel. Hmm. And um, some people say that he was inspired by all the kids, like that he could hear like laughing and playing and stuff. And that it was, I think, like a way to make give them something, I guess, back or whatever to make their lives, their ghostly <laughs> lives a little bit better. But um, so I thought that was kind of interesting, too. Um, yeah, so the, here we go. The hotel is now the Holiday Inn Express. So and where is this? This is in Salt Lake City. Okay. I'll never so, go there. <laughs> yeah. Um. That's such a sad, yeah, sad story. It just really bothered me for a long time. Like, it was one of those I just start thinking about. Because I can't imagine what that to put throw your kids over the balcony and then also for the kids for their mom to do that to them it's just so it's horrible it's so yeah i can't even fathom it like it's just the creepiest scariest thing it just shows how brainwashed some people can be yeah i just i don't know and it's like their own kids like i don't know it's so sad but i mean if anybody's going to have a haunting I think that would be the place after having that happen um let's see so the next one I looked at was St. Bartholomew's Bartholomew's Hospital in England it's the oldest hospital in London founded in 1123 by a monk named Rahir and I guess over the time over time it's had some struggle with staying open and functional because it's old. <laughs> but it's, um, to this day, it's an internationally renowned teaching hospital. Um, but there's a woman that's been seen to walk through the wall in one of the side rooms. And um, there's also people who have seen a little boy around age six to eight. He's got brown hair. He wears kind of like an old white shirt with a gray sleeveless pullover and gray short trousers and the long socks, like the ones that you pull, you, you know, you wear up to your knees, but his are all like saggy down around his ankles. And then um, he he kind of cries and stuff, I guess. And then whenever they see him, usually somebody in the hospital dies. Oh, so. Well. People do die in hospitals And they think he's looking for his parents. Um, and then there's another story in that hospital that I kind of like. There's an elevator that the doctors and nurses call the coffin lift, 
which sometimes takes passengers all the way to the basement all on its own. So you get in and you just go straight to the basement. And then once you're down there, all the lights go out and the elevator won't move. So the passenger (laughs) is forced to pull open the gate doors and walk back upstairs. In the dark? Well, I think it's only dark on the bot that floor, like on that on the bot in the basement. Like once you get out of the basement, it's probably the lights go on. Um, But they said that as you're going up the stairs, you have the sense that the elevator is going up with you, and usually by the time they reach um, like the main floor, the where the lobby is, I guess, the um, elevator is there and it's open. Hmm. And it happens quite a bit. I did see something like that. Why are, you know, elevators haunted? So it might be something that happens a lot, elevators. Yeah, I mean, if they can control the electricity and stuff, that works it. But that's really creepy. Yes. (laughs) And the rumor is that the ghost of a nurse who was murdered by a deranged patient in the basement is having a little fun with her fellow nurses. Oh. A little fun. Um, okay, so the other one I did was the Whispers Estate in southern Indiana. It was originally built in 1894 and purchased by Dr. John Gibbons and his wife in 1899. Um, the first floor he used as a physician's office. Um, and then he and his wife adopted multiple orphan children over the years and brought them to home to live with them. But over the course of time, they had a lot of tragedy happen. Um, One of the daughters, 10-year-old Rachel, started a fire in the home shortly after they moved in, and she sustained severe burns um, that led her to die in her bedroom. Like a few days later, they were so bad. Um, And another daughter, Elizabeth, only 10 months old at the time, she died from an unknown ailment in the main bedroom of the house. And another daughter, Jessie, developed pneumonia and later died in that same room. In the 1960s, the Holmes resident died in the upstairs bathroom, and another family's son fell down the staircase in the home and passed away. So it's just like over over time, there's just been a lot of strange or sad, like horrific deaths that have happened. Sounds like a curse to me. Yeah, right? And visitors report seeing Rachel still wandering her bedroom and the rest of the house. And that main bedroom is plagued with reports of hearing someone struggling to breathe. So, because they died from, um, what was it, pneumonia or something? Yeah, pneumonia. So they just hear a lot of coughing and stuff coming from that room. And people, like, wheezing probably, trying to breathe. Um, And then in the main bedroom, there's a closet that door that just pops open multiple times. They can see the handle wiggling it by itself, and then it just pops open. Now That's it's, creepy. I'd be like, <laughs> I am out of here. Um, and the third bedroom is said to give anyone sleeping in it horrific nightmares. And many claim someone tried to break open their door in the middle of the night. So it sounds like someone's just, like, breaking in. Other people have reported seeing beds and couches visibly shaking, and... Um, weird shadows lurking in the house. There's a shadow that they see in the doctor's office, and um, so they believe that the doctor haunts the premises as well. And he's known for whispering in young women's ears, and he also likes to grab and touch people in inappropriate ways. 
Ooh. That's kind of disturbing. <laughs> yes. Um, other people have reported smelling strange smells like cologne, aftershave, meat, cabbage, dirty medical bandages, cigars. Um, and there was a group of women that felt really bad for Rachel, so they brought a doll when they came to the house, and they took it up to the room that was hers. And um, a little while later, the doll was found on the foot of the stairs, and it smelled like smoke and was slightly burned. That part sounds made up to me, but still kind of bizarre. (laughs) (laughs) So, but I think too, like you were saying, if the house is old enough, there's going to be a lot of deaths in it, Mm -hmm. but it is sad for that family that they had so many. Really? And then the last one (laughs) that I looked up, I just kind of stumbled upon on accident and Jim's actually been there, which... I was all excited about because I kind of would like to go to it too, but it's in Mexico City and it's called Island of the Dolls. And it's not, it's not really a forest or an island, but like a tiny wooded peninsula that kind of sticks out. Well, you know what a peninsula is. Yeah. And, um, and it, in part of these, they have all these canals there and you can take like a boat ride to see the, the dolls. But, um, the trees are covered with hundreds of creepy dolls, decapitated doll heads, um, severed dolls with severed limbs, and gaping dark holes where the plastic eyes used to be but have kind of rotted, rotted out and <laughs> fallen out. Um, and it's pretty creepy looking. And the story goes that more than 50 years ago, there was only one man named Don Julian Santana, and he was on the island living there, and he found this body of a drowned girl and she had her doll with her and he found her in the water and as a memorial he strung up the doll for you know that she had died there so he strung up the doll and I think they've said that he had you know had some mental illness he's living all by himself out there you know he's got some issues probably um so he strung up the doll and then um he started hearing like her spirits I get her spirit I guess like um talking to him and so he started hanging up more and more dolls so he would just hang up dolls like every day like to appease her I guess or to you know and um eventually he ended up dying in the exact spot supposedly that the girl was found that he drowned there too like right where she was found and he died oh he drowned too yeah right where she supposedly was found um he so when he was alive he said that he could hear her crying out that she wanted her doll and he was so scared so he kept hanging up the dolls and um he claims too that when he went outside there would be more dolls so like he didn't hang them all I guess in his mind like they were just appearing and um so people think that he his death was caused by her spirit and that she still haunts the island and people say that they can hear like the dolls crying and whispering and like talking to each other and stuff when they go through (laughs) which is like super disturbing so, what did Jim say? He didn't really, like, 
I thought he was going to talk more about the this part, but he was more like, oh, it's so beautiful there. You know how he is because he likes to travel. Like, they had really good tacos, you know, oh, like that yeah. kind of stuff. <laughs> um, let me see. So is there anything else? Oh, sailors have reported that when they are going near there, they have a, a yearning to go to that place where the dolls are. Like, they're, they feel Being compelled called. to go there. Yeah. And some of the locals say that they've seen the dolls move their arms and legs and roll their eyes towards people or away, like at people and turn their heads to stare blankly at visitors. Hmm. And there's photos. I'll see if I can post a link to that too because it's just dolls are creepy anyway when they get old and start rotting and stuff. Yes. Which reminds me, I forgot about this too. I had gone on to um, eBay because I was looking up haunted objects and apparently you can buy <laughs> people's haunted objects on eBay and let me tell you there are a lot of creepy looking dolls on there and I was like I need to start putting some of my creepy dolls up for sale <laughs> on there because I don't know some of them seemed a little ridiculous like they have stories that go with them about stuff that the doll supposedly did or whatever and my mind's like, oh, these guys found found a good way to make a little extra money. Yeah, yeah. But there's also like haunted boxes and different things like that too. So that's all I have for haunting haunted stories. I do have a quick little thing here about how to get rid of a ghost. Okay, so if you think you have a ghost in your house, these are some tips to for ghost removal. <laughs> Um, you should protect yourself with black tourmaline, which is a crystal or stone or whatever. Um, you put it in the corner of your room and that'll help you, um, protect yourself from negativity on both the spiritual and material plane. So I guess from dead and alive people, is that what that means? (laughs) Um, you should bring in more positivity into your home. Light white candles in the rooms you've sensed apparitions in. Clear out the negative energies and to purify the area. So white candles. Also, don't burn your house down. Yeah, be very careful. Be very lucky. No, I'm always nervous about candles because I have kids and and the cat. She's like oh, yeah. nosy about everything. Uh, pour salt around your home or along the doorways or both. Or make a circle of protection around your home with salt. One one thing I read said to use black salt. I have no idea what that is. I Never either. seen I've seen pink salt, but I haven't <laughs> seen black salt. Um make sure you have good dreams, so before you go to sleep, cast a circle of protection with your finger in the air. This will help you um enter and re- return from the astral dream state safely. Um, and then other ways to cleanse your space is, um, let me see. Oh, actual cleaning. (laughs) Oh boy. Get rid of your dust bunnies and bad (laughs) vibes. I'm like, I'll just keep my ghosts. (laughs) Um, burning things like sage, palo santo and mugwort are supposed to help. But you also have to be careful about where you get your herbs and that they're not grown in, like, a negative way. Or, like, um, for instance, like, white sage is kind of an endangered um, plant. So if you're using that, you have to make sure it's 
being sourced from somebody doing it in, the, in a good way. Yeah. Otherwise you could bring more negative negativity in there into your house. Um, this was interesting. A floor wash that can help get rid of negative energy or neutralize the energy in your house consists of boiling water, lemon, and cinnamon or bay leaves and then letting it cool and then wiping your floor and door handles with it. Mm, that sounds good. Yeah. yeah. It would smell nice. It sounds like, <laughs> I mean, you get a clean house afterwards. Um, and if you do the smudging, you're supposed to smudge every room in your house and um, pay attention to any outward-facing corners. Because um, those corners act as boundaries between your home and encroaching negative energy. So... There's other crystals, too, I guess you can use in religious talmans. Some people claim holy water helps um, to cleanse their home. And white roses supposedly suck um, any kind of activity out of your house. So when you get white roses, put them in your house, and once they dry up, you throw them out. And then um, rinse salt down your drain to clear out the energy they absorbed. Hmm. I don't know why that has, that seems odd to me. Like you throw the roses away. How does the salt clean the energy they absorbed? But there's a lot of stuff with salt that's supposed to be helpful. And then I guess if that doesn't work, you got to contact some experts. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. When I saw it, said, yeah, call in the experts. Yeah. So, and from my experience of watching all those hauntings, they'll usually just tell you it's not, haunted (laughs) they'll find something else that's causing it which i guess is good too yeah well i don't know called ghostbusters i guess who are you gonna call ghostbusters (laughs) yeah well that's all i got so you got anything else got any more creepy ghost stories to share well i do have one on a poltergeist and it was in germany in a in an office there they had a they had hired a young woman. This is probably where they get the young, you know, teenage girls. But she was she was eighteen or nineteen. But when she was there, they said lights would start flickering and um, some of them broke open. Oh wow, that's and, a lot. Yeah, and and doors would open and lights would swing. They got one on camera showing that the light, you know, it was. Uh, on a chain and then it would start swinging back and forth when she was near. That's creepy. And then they had this phone. I couldn't quite get it because it's, this has happened, you know, 1940s or something. So it wasn't a cell phone. (laughs) No, it wasn't a cell phone, but it was something how they tracked phone calls and they said that it kept ringing and and calling and ringing and calling. And they said it went faster than anyone could do it manually it couldn't yeah like to just hang up and call back yeah it was like it just kept happening that stuff really freaks me out yeah and then they interviewed her they had an interview of her later on in life she was a mother and and all this and she's like i don't know what happened i guess i caused that to happen but i don't know i didn't know i didn't do anything she's just like a regular person living (laughs) a regular life yeah that's so weird they said when she left it it stopped stopped yeah and And she doesn't know what she said, I don't know what happened. She wasn't like, well, I was kind of doing this, or well, they were crawled trying... into the ceiling and unscrewed all the wires. I mean, really, what could she have been doing? They tried to say that she she was playing a trick, 
at but the how time. could you do that with the phone that's what the her, yeah. her boss there you can't he said it just kept happening so much it was like nobody could so do many it. in a in a minute and they said there's just no way you could Ugh, you could so do creepy. that but i thought that one was interesting too but that's when i started getting into the was that one of the ones that was more like they couldn't disprove it yeah, they yeah. couldn't really disprove it. They yeah, because there was too many things that were really weird. Yeah, that were happening yeah. at the same time. Ooh, gives me the creeps. And that's that energy thing that they have, that much energy. I don't know how that works yeah. either. Well, but. interesting. Well, be careful out there during the <laughs> the autumn season here. Apparently, this is the time for ghosts. So. <laughs> yes, this is when things are supposed to be happening. <laughs> Maybe don't, read your, don't do your Ouija boards if you're not... Yes. Really oh, ready for that? Oh, that's another category. We should do that sometime. The Ouija yeah. boards, yeah. Yeah, things like that. Did you ever use a Ouija board when you were a kid? Or yeah, anything? nothing ever happened. Well, I there was one birthday party I went to, but you could tell like the one of the girls was really shoving it, like it was so obvious. Yeah, there's always <laughs> someone that does it. Yeah, so I don't know. It's kind of funny, but yeah. nothing like bad happened either. It's just no. just a bunch of girls being silly, but. Yeah, so, but yeah, this is the time of year. Yeah. Veil is thinning. Yeah. <laughs> Leave yeah. some food out for your ancestors. <laughs> Make them happy. Yeah. After the last um, episode we did on, on the superstitions with all the talk about the, you know, helping your ancestors through the death process and on the other side and everything, I'm like thinking about that a little bit. Yeah, well, it does give you a lot to think about. Yeah, and then we have the Day of the Dead coming up here, which, you know, is when you can communicate with your your dead loved ones and supposedly with the Mexican tradition. Mm-hmm. We're not, we're about as white as you can get, so it's not really our tradition, but it's pretty big in our community, so. It's an interesting one, too, I yeah, think. Yeah, I really like it. I like the idea of it. Yeah. Like so. Like that Disney movie. I can't remember the name of it. Oh, it makes me cry every time, though. Oh, yeah, I know which one you're talking about. Yeah. Well, I guess that wraps it up. I don't know. I'm just rambling now. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. No more. <laughs> okay, well, thanks for listening. <laughs> Bye. If you have a burning question, correction, or suggestion for Gardy Lou, email us at gardyloupod at gmail.com. That's G-A-R-D-Y. L-O-O-P-O-D at gmail.com or find us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at Gardy Lou Pod. Gardy Lou!